captivating landscapes, flawless tobaccos, elegant presentation. Introducing Pure Origin. At JR Cigar, our innovative team is on a journey for unrivaled flavors and enriching experiences. Along that path, we discovered new, distinctive, and groundbreaking tobaccos from the furthest reaches of the earth and are bringing them right to your home. The intentions are pure, the process is pure, the origin is pure. JR Pure Origin. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoke Night Live. This is episode, I think, uh, 372. And it's Friday night, Jordan. We are hanging out. Emmett Malone from Blind Man's Puff sitting right next to me. Emmett, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. All right. We've got so much to cover tonight. <laughs> we got a lot. We've got a lot to cover, Emmett. And we will uh, tell everybody that in a second. But first off, Jordan, uh, how's it going, my friend? It's excellent. It's excellent. Excellent. Have you? Uh, it's excellent. <laughs> have you recovered? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, studio audience tonight. We've got Scotty B. And of course, Maddie B. No, Maddie H. <laughs> Matt something. Maddie, how you doing, buddy? Have you recovered? No, you don't get to talk to him yet. <laughs> <laughs> you must talk to me. <laughs> no. What's going on? Yes, I have recovered. All it right. It was a rough few days though. Yes, it takes a little bit of a. Uh, adjustment when you get back from Central America. We're going to talk about that tonight on the show. In fact, on the show tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to do some blind cigar reviews. Emmett, the blindmanspuff.com uh, guru, is here in studio. And when he's here in studio, that typically means blind cigar reviews. Mm -hmm. We have a little bit of a different take tonight on the blind cigar reviews, which we think you guys might enjoy, Make might make it a little bit more fun. We're getting fancy. We're getting fancy. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we're also going to be doing a little bit of Camp Camacho recap because we just got back from that. Emmett was also on that trip, as was Matt, as was Jordan. Scott was there in spirit. He wasn't actually there. Uh, we'll forgive him for that. And then in the so second rude. half of the show, Emmett, uh, we are going to be talking some water cooler topics. And there's two really, really big water cooler topics in the cigar industry. Yes. And we are going to cover both of those in the second half of the show, as well as uh, reviewing blind cigars. So here's how this is going to work. If you, by the way, thanks for joining us, guys. I see everybody on Facebook chiming in. Jacob, Chad, Barb, Kev, uh, pretty much everybody. Um, so thank you, guys. Uh, Michael on YouTube, Dan, uh, Daniel Rivera on, on YouTube, Arthur, Mark, all of everybody, John. So thank you, guys, for joining us. Couldn't do this without it. In fact, please uh, like and share, especially share. Share the show to your own timeline. Um, cause that lets all the other cigar smokers in your, you know, little circle of friends know that there's a cigar show going on. Gotta share it out. You gotta share it out. Algorithms. Algorithm. <laughs> it's all about AI at this point. So, but that's not AI. Uh, anyway, so this is how this is going to work tonight. So normally we each blind smoke, um, two cigars. And at the end of those, we give them a rating between one and a hundred. Uh, but tonight we are going to um, first we are going to rate the cigar on appearance from one to a hundred. Uh, then, then we'll we'll start the rate it on stankiness. We'll start a clock of fifteen minutes, Emmett, 
Then we'll cut and light after the clock starts. In At the 15-minute mark, when that's done, we'll rate the cigar from 1 to 100 on draw. How did it draw? And we'll also rate the cigar from 1 to 100 on how it's burning. Then we'll start the clock again for 15 minutes, which gives each cigar a total of 30 minutes. And at the end of that second 15-minute time slot, we will give it a rating on its flavor, complexity, how much we actually liked the smoking experience. And those four ratings will be averaged out and become Emmett. So that's four categories total, right? So four is it, is it even 25% between... Well... Not necessarily because it's you're you're rating it each time on one to a hundred, mm-hmm. so all those just get averaged out, right? But so they're not weighted or anything. They're not weighted okay. or, at all. They're not weighted at, at, at all in any way. Um, so that is how that's going to go. So uh, since we have so much to cover on tonight's show, I say we get right into this right now. So before Jordan starts the very first clock, uh, clock. Everybody take the first cigar that you're going to smoke. Let me show you guys the one that Emmett brought to me. Now, I do not know what this is. Um, Emmett, you didn't put, can you promise us you didn't put any of your own Camacho blends in here? (laughs) I I honestly considered it, but. uh. (laughs) So here's what you guys are going to do first. Now, uh, by the way, Matt is in on this. Scott is also in on this. Jordan, myself, and Emmett. So the first thing you're going to do is just rate it on its appearance. Mine's got glue marks. Does it have, you know, uh, ugly veins? Serious it, glue mark. Does it have soft spots? How does it smell? You know, all of those um, items. Um, and you'll give it, whenever uh, you guys are ready, we can each give it a initial uh, rating from 1 to 100. And then, obviously, the last thing I forgot to tell you guys is at the end of the show... After all the ratings are in and tallied and averaged and all that, then we will reveal Emmett. So we're not going to reveal the first one until the very end? I say we don't reveal either one of them. Create suspense. Create suspense. All right. We're not going to reveal any of them until... What was that, Jordan? Oh, it did. Uh, Looks good. Uh, Anyways, we won't reveal any of them until the very end. So um, let's get going. Uh, Let's see here. Let me take a look at this particular cigar. Is there an order we need to go in? No, I don't think so. Um, If you guys have yours, go ahead and let me know. And just say, hey, I got mine. Um, Looks like a very well-made cigar. Uh, This is the blind man's kind of a little bit of a flat top. Just looking at mine, it's really nice and well wrapped. It's so smooth and no soft spots. I, I I'm gonna give it just on appearance and nose on the foot like an, a ninety. Okay. I, I think it looks really good. Smells and you can't put the nose into the equation. Sure you can. Yeah, here. I thought that you, your yeah. dad just said to use this, that. This is appearance. Oh, okay. That's all right. All right. So Maddie gives his uh, a ninety. I'm gonna give mine uh, like an eighty-eight. It's got a couple a couple imperfections. There's a little. Little uh, binder sticking out on the foot. There's a little little blemish on the wrapper, but uh, the wrapper quality looks good. There's um there's a few few visible veins. Yeah. Cap is solid. Yeah, I think 88 is a fair score. What do you think of the color? It's definitely light, uh, Connecticut. I would guess. All right, Scotty, have you uh, examined yours? Yeah, nice wrap, really even, dark chocolate color. I mean. There's a couple of little veins, but nothing serious to, to take away from it. Nice cap set on it. You know, clean foot. Looks good. 
I'm going to go 91 on this. Okay, Scotty's going 91 on his appearance. Jordan, do you have a... Uh, yeah, I mean, the seams are perfect. I can't even see the seams. Uh, light, light vein structure, it's, uh, slightly darker than just a regular old Colorado. Uh, does have some significant glue on it, um, but a decent uh, bunch to it. It's medium firm density on it. I'll go 82. Okay, 82. Now, I have the same one as Jordan. Now, the rest of you guys, Emmett, Matt, Scott, all have different, both of them are different. And we did that just for fun, just so there'd be more brands involved. But me and Jordan, Emmett has brought us the same ones, which is interesting also, because then we can kind of compare how we thought. Now, I do also have a bunch of glue towards the bottom, yeah, um, which is sort of strange. Because uh, you'd think maybe you'd, you'd sort of expect that up here. Yeah, at the I didn't top. notice that when I was uh, putting them together. But, but maybe it had a giant band before. Oh, yeah, maybe it has a big, huge foot band of some sort. Um, but either way, uh, it has a really nice color to it. So appearance-wise, I'm going to go 87 on mine. 87. All right, Jordan, as soon as you're ready, fire that clock up. We will cut and light, and the show will begin. All right, boys, the clock's going, so uh, feel free to... Fire up your first offering. Cut it cut nicely. Sometimes they don't cut, you know, like if they're underpacked, they don't cut. But they were telling us great. to cut nicely. Okay. You know, <laughs> this one did cut just nicely. Yeah, if it's a light fill, you end on almost pinching the cap rather right. than cutting it. It doesn't hold firm, so it cuts clean. I also don't like when you get hard um I I know that I know that there are stems in cigars. Um that's part of the process. But I don't like when there's one Poking out at poking the top. Poking the lip. Yeah, poking that's me not lip. I don't like that. Um, that's one of the things Nick Perdomo talked about, huh, Jordan? Yeah, he. that's the only factor I've seen there. He like has them specifically go and just cut that one stem yeah. off. So you don't get that in your on your tongue. All right. This is captivating radio when everybody's just lighting their cigars. It's the most exciting 30 seconds of the show. <laughs> Should put a uh, lightsaber sound effect in post or something. Mm. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. So we got them lit, and uh, we will begin to uh, – we still have a good 13 minutes to go. But, folks, uh, the dojo just got back from Camp Camacho. We got back on Saturday night. Uh, we left – Early, early Wednesday, Emmett. It was basically still Tuesday. <laughs> it was still Tuesday. <laughs> For all intents and purposes. What time did we leave to go to the airport? 2.30? Yeah. From here, I think. It was 2.30. It was a... Uh, our flight left at like 5.15 from Denver. We flew to Houston. Had a very, very short layover. Um, then we jump on the plane in Houston, fly into the new airport. There is a new airport in Honduras. So if you guys are going to um, Honduras for a cigar trip, I uh, got good, good and bad news for you. Good and bad news for you. Good news is much safer, <laughs> uh, much easier to land at airport. Brand spanking new uh, Palmero Airporto. God, if that was a better uh, landing than what was previous, oh. I, I don't even want to know. Because that, that's that's maybe the most airsick I've ever been. <laughs> well, it? you're talking about when we kind of came over that mountain yeah, ridge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the landing rough. itself wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't like a slam down. At the old Tegucigalpa Airport, it's in Tegucigalpa, and as you know now, after, after being there, thank you, Jordan, 
it's basically in a little teeny yeah. hole yeah. in a bunch of mountains. And so the airplane would have to like just take this crazy, you know, left hand turn and then just swoop down and just just dive bomb it, just dive bomb in. And so that's the good news is a much safer, brand new, fancy, clean airport. However, bad news is it's an extra two hours away. That was rough from Don Lee. Yeah. So that made for a uh, a four hour drive from the new airport uh, to Don Lee. So Don Lee is uh, sort of like a town similar to Esteli, Nicaragua, in that it's just a very very small town, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But uh, very charming nonetheless. This is such a cute town. Very cool, right? Yeah. I, it's a I little more bustling than Esteli, I'd say. Yeah. It seems they got like, stuff going on. Seems like Esteli is like ninety percent cigar. Related yeah. employment. This is maybe 50. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to guess. So first day, we'll talk about first day. Oh, by the way, Matt, what did you, um, since you hadn't done this before, I'm going to go to you quite often because okay. this was your first. Emmett's been on many of these trips and obviously Jordan's been on many of these trips, but you haven't been on any of these trips. No. So for you, this was like first time experience. Um, what did you think about the whole, you know, flying into a uh, Central American country like that and Driving four hours to Donnelly. Oh man! So the 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 part that Emmett was talking about the 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 turbulence that was I was trying to like get it on video somehow because it was so fun. It was like being on a crazy roller coaster. It really and was. Looking over <laughs> and everyone's like, ah. It's true. And then the drive there, the four hour drive. That, that for me that flew by. Oh yeah! Excitement, you're all excited. We're just making jokes and listening to music. Cold beer is open beer. at this point. Yeah, yeah. At one point Don't drink bourbon. too much beer <laughs> so on a four-hour uh, bus ride. <laughs> Stop to get get snacks, and there were donkeys everywhere. It was so cool. We did get to drive by the famous prison. Yeah, which is the world's most dangerous prison. It didn't look that bad, like just driving from by from the outside. But, yeah, I couldn't see really anything. from the outside. And so then you show up to Camp Camacho. George's gonna throw some pictures up here. This is the house. This is the, the. Oh yeah, I haven't got past the bus yet. Oh, you just showed the. the... Uh, I didn't. I didn't know we were going like into the. Oh, okay. So here, here's a little bit of bus. A bus picture. There's Look how a... excited we are. Back of the bus. We we're just so young and yeah, so and naive. Innocent. innocent. That was the best. I have the no idea what's. The bus. I found a donkey mm-hmm. at the one of the gas stations. Burro. Jordan brought it home with him. <laughs> so that night. Oh wait, do you have any of the welcoming thing? Well, um, no. So when you get there, Camacho had this really cool. They, they rolled a, out the red carpet. They had a band playing, yeah. and they had uh, a bunch of dancers dancing, like some uh, traditional Honduran, I don't know, folk dancing of some sort. It's pretty cool, which was really cool. Yeah. And they were playing. I say it's a giant xylophone. Other people said it's a maramba. It, a maramba, a maramba is just a giant xylophone, pretty much. Yeah, except it takes three people to play it, it instead takes, of one. It takes three people to play it. That's how giant it is. So that night, uh, we did our our pairing uh, or our blending session, and this is when uh, there's George Ramy there. They get all the different tobaccos rolled into the cylinders, so you can you can taste each individual tobacco. Why does Barb look like she's photoshopped into that picture? <laughs> Maybe because <laughs> it was uh, I think that was uh, some smoke, like a I wide think. angle. <laughs> some, yeah, she's kind of behind some she smoke. Does. Or something. She does for sure. So look, what did, out, look at Chad. He's really thinking about his blend. Yeah, he is. What did you guys, uh, how did you feel when you were blending him? What did you, uh, were you, were you feeling confident? Was it, uh, so as far, I've been a part of a lot of blending sessions that, I mean, that one kind of falls middle of the pack. I would say like pre like other places that kind of let you play with it a little more. And there were some tobaccos that we want, we had said. to choose from. 
that we had to choose from that we didn't get to smoke like the wrappers that was kind of disappointing but i felt overall it was a it was a good experience it wasn't too rushed or anything so yeah these cylinders are all essentially just one tobacco which uh the of course the purpose here is to give you an idea of what that just that one singular tobacco tastes like uh now matt you've never done that before the blending session did it was it was it a whirlwind or did you have fun doing it what did you think i i well, I was super nervous about it. I felt like I was going to be taking a test. I had to like really prove myself somehow. But no, I thought it was really fun. Um, I, after the third cylinder, though, my, my tongue was so burnt, I couldn't really tell what was what. You're not supposed but, to smoke the whole thing, man. <laughs> but I do feel like I, I haven't tried my blend yet. But I, by the time I was done, I felt pretty confident in what I wrote on that paper. Right. So that, it's kind of like a, doing like a blind bourbon test where like you yeah. get past the first couple and you're just like, oh, they yeah. I'll test like bourbon now. So now, ultimately, what we're doing here is uh, we, we come up with a blend, and then, like, the day before we left, was it the day before we left? Yes. No, it, I was, it was the day we left. It was the day that we left. The day we left the compound. Yeah. The compound. Yeah, yeah. Then they've they've taken your blends that we've decided upon and actually rolled uh, uh, real cigars from that and put it in a really cool box. Great presentation. Super yeah. cool. Like, it's definitely something that you're proud of when, when you leave there. Um so there's, there's the dancers right there. Look at that. Look at them go. I like the way the guys like lift their foot. Look at Watch them. They lift that foot. I don't know that if foot. you guys can hear this or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's now, Connor. Now what, what this film doesn't show. Oh. Fireworks! You know, I really was hoping... George said that... Um, George said we were going to do fireworks. And... Uh, there we go. I was, you know, we're in Honduras. I was kind of hoping there was just going to be a stick of dynamite. <laughs> and I, we just do a stick. It of pretty stuff. much sounded like it. A full, yeah, just a full stick of dynamite. There's, the, there's that giant. There we go. Giant Look at that. That's a giant. That's xylophone. giant. Look at that guy. So chill. So on the trip, um, we had Kevin and Barb. We had Chad T. Chad. We had Quinn. We had Connor. We had Emmett, we had Jordan, we had Matt, myself, and of course, all the Camacho people. And and just right off the bat, Emmett, one thing that you notice on a trip like this, if you ever get to go to a Camp Camacho, and I recommend all you guys try to do this if you can. We've been trying to do this exact trip for three years. It got canceled because of COVID twice. But the 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 Davidoff slash Camacho people, they just take care of every possible thing you can Oh, yeah. Of. You say you want something, they got it. Yeah. You don't have to think about anything. And... It, you've you've been to the Drew Estate tour, and obviously that's a blast. But I don't know if there's any tour that has nicer rooms. Oh, not even close. Yeah, the actual living quarters are light years above any other trip. I think they're light years above most hotels, probably. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get your own bathroom. There's warm water. You get your own bathroom. <laughs> After like five minutes, but it's there. You get you get two ashtrays per room. You get. Huge closet, like almost a walk-in closet. Yeah. If you're me, the bed becomes an ashtray. Well, because you fell asleep with your cigar, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't do that. All right, we only got five minutes. We only got the day, day, day one. We better uh, rock along. All right, so day two starts. You go straight to the farm. This is where everybody wants, you, uh, any cigar smoker wants to see this. All of the tobacco, you get to see how the seeds are planted and how they t get the germination, uh, how they uh, then transplant. Uh, plant the little tiny seeds and Emmett we got to do that mm. transplanting the uh this was my favorite day this was great 
right there, a if barn you, that burned down right yeah, there. Yeah, right there was a uh, curing barn that burned down very recently. Under suspicious circumstances. Um, no, <laughs> true. Image, you're spreading rumors. This is the first thing we did is fieldception. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of taking pictures. But you know what's interesting about um, the uh, Honduran Corojo tobacco there is the plants are, are not big. Little shorties. Yeah. yeah they now, these get, they're bigger than these guys. They're bigger than what you're seeing on the screen there, but yeah. they're they're much smaller than what I'm used to seeing in other Yeah, places. they don't tower over you when you walk through. Is They said they only got to like four and a half, five feet tops, right. which is, yeah, surprising. So they were just a couple inches above my head. All right, so there's uh, Manuel Batista. He's the uh, he was great. The uh, uh, he basically runs the entire Camacho operation in Don Lee, and he's a an amazing guy, super knowledgeable, fun, uh, very friendly. Uh, he's from the Dominican Republic. From the Dominican Republic. He makes that he makes that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's uh, day or Your sensei planting some yeah, some look little at, babies. Look at me planting. So when you guys smoke a, a Camacho cigar in a couple of years, yeah. probably it was planted by me. Probably. Yeah. It was probably planted we by me. We did such a good job. I mean, it's going to be like half the field. Jordan, you just keep going through the pictures and we'll talk. Here's Matt planting an actual seed, uh, uh, a kind of a, a grown plant a little bit. They're, just, they're like six inches tall by the time they put them in the ground. That was like That's 18 after, days in or, or yeah. I, thought, I thought it was longer than that. Good How Chad. Harvesting. Feel the dreams right there. So he's got maybe five or six um, leaves that he's primed, and he pulled them off himself. You do that real fast. You just snap, 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 snap. You take about three off of every plant from the bottom up. Makes such a cool sound. Uh, there, Right there is one of the greatest tobacco growers in the world. His name is <laughs> Master Sensei <Sensito>. Ito. <laughs> now, everybody wants this picture, right? You, just, you want a picture of yourself in a... In a Tobacco field, like there's nothing like that. It's so fun, man. I I, I think uh, okay. Here's a curing barn. This is that that tobacco was picked uh, at 6 a.m. and there it is already in a curing barn. Uh, and we were there. What what would you say, Emmett? That was like 11 o'clock. Uh, yeah, around lunch time. Yeah. Look look at how much tobacco is in there, and that tobacco was picked uh, at 6 a.m. in the morning, and it's already filling it. Now that barn goes way up. You can't really see how high that goes. But it goes way up, and, and so they get work some sexy fast. Sexy leaf shots. There's a little bit a better angle of how high up it goes. Yeah, look at that. Look how high up it goes. Look how fast they work. <coughs> it's amazing, Emmett, that they are able to. Okay, so now this tobacco, Emmett, is a little bit older. I can just, still just smell that. Oh, yeah. The, when you walk in, that carrying garden was smell was so amazing. Something special. Kind of a little bit musty, but now they sweet. told they told us Emmett that. That tobacco. Wait, don't go yet, Jordan. Well, I don't know what the next Sorry. shot's gonna be. I just, let me just finish this point real quick. That tobacco right there. Oh, we still have another fifteen minutes to go. I forgot. There's a double yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, that tobacco right there, the older tobacco that's sort of cured a bit, uh, fermented a little. Well, not it's not fermented. It's cured a bit. Um, they would have normally had that in the factory already, processing oh, yeah. it, but, but they, they left, left it, it for us. For us yeah. All right, so uh, Jordan, you can go to the next one. One of the coolest things about this trip that Camacho does is they take us into Don Lee in this crazy train thing. Crazy train. Ozzy Osbourne. We get to see the city a little bit. Look at that. A super cool old church that we went into. Built in like the early 1800s, right? Yeah. I love that we got to go into the city and kind of bounce around. Like sometimes you don't get to do that. You don't really get the feel for 
for the city, but we got a good. Uh, the locals were taking photos of us taking photo of this. <laughs> More photoception. Yeah, photoception. Yeah. The yeah, that was a really really cool experience. Um, I'm getting to do that. Oh, now, here's Sensei uh, trying to make the, up this mountain. All right, let's not do the hike until after we. <laughs> Jordan, hey, I did everything. I <laughs> I, I told George. Look at him. A bunch of times, go. I'm not going to do this hike. My body will not do it. And I was then, shocked you decided to actually go. On. And then we pulled up, and I just did it. All right, so, um, all right, boys, Here's here we're at the 15-minute mark. This is halfway through the first cigar. So now I want you guys to, you're going to give me two ratings. Let's just start with draw. Emmett, uh, on a scale of 1 to 100, mm. how does your first blind cigar draw? Draw is going to be real good, like a 97. All right, yeah. Emmett goes 97 on draw. Matt, how is your cigar drawing? Yeah, my draw is perfect. It's It's got to be like a 97. Okay, also. Matt goes 97. Scotty B? Mine is just a hair bit tighter than I would like. It's not terrible, but it's going to be more like uh, 86. Okay, Scotty goes 86 on his draw. Jordan? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it had a it had a firmer bunch and that kind of carried through to the draw. It's a little on the firm side, but uh, it's not something outside of the range that you would like. Um, maybe go ninety on it. Okay, ninety. That's uh, good. Mine's drawing perfectly. Um, it's an absolutely perfect resistance, so I would go I would go ninety five on the draw on on mine. Uh, burn, uh, Emmett. How is your cigar uh, burning? Also, just about perfect. Uh, I'm gonna go not quite as high, but like 95 on the burn. Okay, so you got a little waivers, yeah. but not nothing crazy. You Haven't, said 95. Yeah, 95. Okay. Uh, Maddie. Yeah, my burn is it's pretty good. It's got a little wonkiness, but the ash is holding tight. I'm I'm gonna go uh, 94. Okay. Scotty B. Got a little wave to it. Nothing terrible. Doesn't need a touch up or anything. So I'm gonna go a ninety on that. Ninety. Jordan. Uh, just about perfect. There's a subtle wave to it. Um, no real complaints. I have to go like ninety six. Okay, ninety six. Uh, mine's burning good too. I think it, it it the burn might be not exactly what I want because I think it's almost gone out right now. Um. So I'm going to have to go 82 on my burn um, for right now. I might even have to touch it up, and I apologize for that. But I'm also talking a lot, so let's yep. give it a little bit of credit for that. You but get some slack. I get a little bit of slack on that. All right, so Jordan, start the next 15-minute clock. Here we go. Uh, next, t- uh, here we go. And, boom, chicky, uh, boom, chicky. The tour Look continues it. now. Hiking up that mountain. Emmett, try to explain, try to explain to people what, so what it, this hike is all about. It's like a baby Rio de Janeiro, like... Up on a hill, big cross. Uh, it's not a statue of Jesus, but it's a big cross. I what, what did we decide the vertical footage was like? Almost 500 vertical feet, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like over 400. Yeah, yeah. It was intense, man. I I realized how out of shape I am on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the first one up. Don't, ah, don't forget oh that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Don't. Now one thing was they said there's because it's like 12 stations of the pr- of the uh, prayer. It's like. T- prayer stations there's these little white boxes yeah but they've that, all been like rated there's no more actual prayer like, in them yeah. or whatever but it, but what it does is it kind of tells you how far along you are but they're not evenly spaced that <laughs> is where i was <laughs> going with this it gets false hope and then then you get overly confident and the, yeah it's yeah like, the first one was like halfway up the whole thing like yeah. oh my gosh if they're this 
spaced yeah. out. This thing's going to be humongous. It's an emotional roller coaster, like the spacing of those. And here's what happens on a hike like this. Now, I, I know you guys are watching this, and it probably doesn't. It doesn't look like that big a deal. It, it was very grueling. Yeah, very <laughs> a semi grueling. Very grueling, in my opinion. I'm 57 years old, and not in you know the world's greatest shape. It was very grueling. Um, but when you when I got to the point where I could see uh, Jordan and those guys at the cross at the top, all of a sudden it was a little bit lifted off. Is the of inspiration me. you needed? A little, and you yeah. know, here's a really interesting. Did you see me filming you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a really interesting thing that George said that that might happen, and it exactly did happen. He said everybody will just automatically kind of find their own pace, and so oh, early on, I was kind of trying to stay with Kevin and Barb because I thought, well, they're going to go slow, I'm going to go slow. But you can't, sometimes going slow is harder. Like I found, I just ended up getting into a certain type of rhythm and I had to just stay in that rhythm. Yep. It's important. And if you notice, we were kind of going back and forth because it's so steep. I don't know what the grade is. It had to be 45 degrees, it right? Was, like, it was, nah, that would be tough. I think it was probably like 30 something, but. There had to be points. say it was 45 or something like that. There had There's, to be, the certain sections were definitely. That could be, yeah. yeah. 45. That could be. Got sections. up there right at sunset. Now look at, look at the view. Come on. You're, you're look, that's looking out over Don Lee, Honduras. It's the totally sun worth it. is starting to, and you feel so good when you, and you make it. It's like, you feel like such an accomplishment. Look at these guys. They're just hanging out there. There's Connor in the guys middle. Guys being dudes. We could do anything. And <laughs> to the right. We're all feeling pretty good about it. I almost ourselves. fell off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then later that night, we all went back, took showers, and uh, we go to this like Honduran club. We're <laughs> 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 a lively bunch. <laughs> Look at Kevin rocking the beard. Looking good. George looking like a stud. Connor flexing pecs. Flexing pecs. Yeah, so we're, I, I'll say this, Emmett. We're not exactly club people. No, I mean. <laughs> Can you tell? Not, not anymore, at least. Most of us. Yeah. No, it was a fun time though, but yeah, we could have we could have bounced out of there a little earlier. <laughs> they did bring out some really good food. Oh, food was so good. Some those, empanadas. Uh, those empanadas were amazing. Pour the hot sauce right into them after you take a bite. Those might have been the best empanadas I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, they, they were super good. Very, very good. And then that night, uh, we come back, and which I didn't mention, Jordan, we didn't even talk about this. The night one, we had this epic hacky sack. Uh, we can get uh, on film. We had this epic hacky sack. Too epic. Hacky sack was maybe the highlight of the trip. And then we did it again this night after we had done that yeah. incredible hike. But what we had to do was it was like it was me, Emmett, Jordan, Matt, Quinn, Chad, Connor. We had to get to where everybody touched it. You know, like everybody kicked it. It's a hack. That's called a hack. Now, a lot of you guys are probably saying, oh, that's easy. Well, it's not so easy when... Chad's in the circle. You've been, mm. when, <laughs> and especially when Chad doesn't wear shoes, he's just trying to do it barefoot with his pinky toe. Plus, we'd been there had been some alcohol consumed, a little bit, and plus our legs were completely seven, shot. Seven guys is still kind of, but the hard no matter what the exhilaration. Oh, they could they could hear us miles away that cheer when, when we, we when we finally got it when we nailed it. Yeah, 
Yeah, Kevin and Barb said they were sleeping and they could hear it. <laughs> so woke them up. And, that and was how, great. How are how are your how are you feeling after that split? Uh, I did the splits twice for the <laughs> for the record. Um, I was okay. I could feel it like three days later. I was kind of like, ooh, what was that? Oh, right. But yeah, no, that's good. Didn't tear anything, so that was a win. No tears. So next morning, oops. Uh, next morning we wake up. By the way, uh, let's just talk about the mornings real quick because. There is very similar to Drew Estate in that you get up in the morning and you go out in the back and you're smoking a cigar with some coffee and you just look out on that valley and mm-hmm. it's just so amazing. Well, at Camacho, you're you're sort of in the valley, um, but you're you're having coffee. There's these really cool purple blooming trees all around. There was a light mist coming down, but we were under this awning. It just was that was one of my best memories. Is you know, getting that coffee, Nespresso, by the way. If you haven't had <laughs> Nespresso, where has that been my entire life? Nespresso. It is so good, it's Nespresso. Great, great he was did wired. You, did you buy one yet? No. Oh, I'm, gotta do I'm researching. I'm researching. <laughs> you got to do it. I'm in the research mode. Uh, by the, the time, talking phase. By the time there's, yeah, I'm in the talking phase. By the time there's another Smoke Night Live, I'm pretty sure I will have a Nespresso machine. But anyways, the point of my story is, all the people sort of start filtering out of their rooms. They're kind of preparing breakfast for us, but you're just sitting out there at these tables, and it's just everyone he's, except Connor. He's always you feel like you're those in those young guys cigar yeah. heaven, right? It was, yeah, it, was, there's like it was pretty great. No expectations. Everyone just knows the drill. You grab your coffee, you grab your food, you grab a cigar, you sit down, and you just relax. No, there's not like talk you don't have to talk you just hang out so i don't want to talk to anybody for an hour after i wake up and speaking Come of on. cigars uh camacho continually has these two ginormous lacquer humidors that they take wherever we go there's got to be an easier way to transport cigars like through hey, buses that's that, their problem i mean that, that's like a 50 pound humidor that's their problem it's worth it um just, just knowing it's there you know it's just filled with cigars all the cigars and beer and bourbon and scotch and rum anything you want it's just at your you're at your fingertips, Emmett. It was great. I got to say the food on that trip was top notch too. Like it was. other trips, you kind of get the same meal over and over again because they're all like, oh, you got to have this authentic uh, local cuisine and it's always the same thing. But they gave us a good variety. I, I was did. impressed. Breakfast, lunch, dinner it was all something different. Not too much then, yucca. Yeah. That's so, a plus. So we're into Friday and Friday you uh, walk directly 50 feet around, which there you see is. right there. And there is the Camacho factory, which is right next to the guest house. And uh, this is where you get to see uh, all the cigars, uh, tobacco being processed. This is how they, where they going to ferment. We going in, boys. And anything that you have to do with tobacco. Here you go. There you see some pilones right there. Some, some boxed tobacco. Um, Obviously, first. Oh, this is a good one right here. It's tough going in this room. This, uh, yes. This is where they're rehydrating uh, tobacco leaves. Um, you go in there; it's about 190 degrees. Well, I'm, that might be an exaggeration. It's very hot. That room was amazing. It I was, wanted to it was get a, some footage from in there, inside there, but it's so much steam, your camera just instantly fogs up. So yeah. when we went, when we went into that room, I was the only one dumb enough to be wearing flip flops, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time that the steam was coming Come up on. from the floor, mm. and it burned the ever living crap wow. out of my foot. I thought I was gonna have a problem, but it turned out okay. There's no sign on the door. No flip flops. No, no, no. 
Emmett, when was, you go into a, it's called a factory. I know, it was a, it's rookie, a rookie mistake. I was just tired of being hot. I was in my shorts. I was like, I'm doing it. You're not going to go into like a, you know, like a Pennsylvania. I was you know, wearing steel toe well, boots, I mean, man. I wasn't thinking it was going to be like forklifts and like factory and wear uh, sandals for crying mistake, out loud. But, <laughs> yeah, geez. Mm. All right. So uh, here we go. Now they're, uh, there's a, they're showing them how they're de-veining. Uh, Actually, it's de yeah, it's a vein. It's a big middle vein. They, they, uh, some factories do this by hand. These, and some of them do it with the machine. Yeah. They've you, got the machine. You know what I thought was interesting about that is, yeah. is they do this process to get the perfect cut on the leaf, but then you cut half that leaf off when you roll it. Right. But these are uh, filler. Oh, those were the fillers. I thought they were saying that was the wrapper. No. Um, so, uh, I think those were wrappers. Were they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Um, so, anyways, keep going. Um, yeah, as you can see here, there's some sorting going on. This is where they're putting uh, like-minded leaves together. Did you like that? I Emmett? like that. That's like, like that's a good. It's a good term. Because all of these leaves have to be uh, they're they're sorted like three different times, really. Actually, more than that if you count uh, by the time the cigar gets made and then they're color sorted as well. So there's all kinds of sorting going on. Um, sorting, sorting, sorting. Uh, huge factory. When you walk in there, ah. listen, listen to this. I don't think Entire factory banging their chevettes on the table for us. That was a really cool moment. That was really cool. Yeah, very cool. Look how big this factory is. I, you can see in there, it's a ginormous factory. Here, this is uh, a, a buncher right there. He's putting the bunches into a mold. Put the wrapper, the binder, in the Lieberman machine. I can't speak as well as Manuel. Ultimately, we got to uh, of the filler, do this part of ourselves. Look at that. This is doing a Candela-wrapped cigar there. Look how bright green that is. I don't know what that's for. They, I think it was probably some sort of private label. I think we figured it out. I can't remember what it was, though. They do have a green Camacho cigar, but I guess that wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing those now. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, cigars. Uh, Basically, put getting in, getting ready to be put into aging rooms. I think at that stage there, or is that in an aging room? There's, that was the aging room. There's Jordan's. Uh, that's his. I got my blend. His private blend. He's using a penis cam right there. Looks like the trunk shot mm -hmm. of a Tarantino movie. <laughs> I don't know how I got that picture. <laughs> oh, Sensei's Here I am. a cigar. Here I am. I'm gonna roll a cigar for you guys. Uh, not live, but uh, you know, you get the picture. And look how. Look at the. Happy look on my face. I, I, <laughs> kind of disgusted. I actually rolled 300 cigars. Not sure about it. Uh, that day, 300. Did you get paid for those? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, and so then you hop on the bus, you head, uh, so that the, on that Friday, they've broken it into two because it's such a long drive. And if you tried to do that in the morning, the day of your flight, if there was any delays, and by the way, Emmett, uh, the drive is tenuous. Yeah. The drive back was 
at least an hour longer. We just hit the traffic wrong, and I got to say the the drivers there are something else, like something special. I don't know if they have a sixth sense for like avoiding danger or if it is that dangerous, but man. The lane, lanes there are just sort of a suggestion. They're optional. It, it's yeah. a suggestion. You just pass whenever you feel like you know, it. You know, I mean, you know, you're coming head on. At, at, you're heading straight towards the semi truck, you know, and then the last second the guy like veers over to the right. And yeah, there are several times where it's, it's a one lane road and it's three lanes wide. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jordan, we've we've often talked about this. They They do such a good job of using their horns there. Yeah, it's not. That's not a heavy horn. There, it's just like the, they custom tuned it for these. It's, a, it's, it's not. It's not. I'm mad at you. It's. I'm here. I'm here. I think I'm it here. depends on the usage. Like a, a quick tap or two is like a friendly. Sometimes you hear people lay on it, and I think that's less friendly. That's what I mean. They know yeah. the communication. Yeah, there. there's a whole la- a sub language. He, here, all we have is like I hate you. Right? It's just yeah. right. That's the one time. You but use it. in in Central America, they have a whole like way to communicate with their horns. It's like a do, warning do, 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 too, like I'm coming out, deal with it. And so then we drive to Tegucigalpa. Jordan, did I say it right that time? Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa. Yeah. We drive there and we stayed in this beautiful hotel. Yeah, it was real nice. It Look was, at that view. This is the view out of our back window. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, we had, uh, there was a pool like on the third floor where we all hung out. Uh, had a good time there. And then that night we had a, a really nice dinner. Now, this is where the story starts to go wonky. Because <laughs> um, sometime after that dinner, and I think it might have been one of the appetizers, I got, I got sick. You got something bad. I got, yeah. I got so sick that the next day, trying to get back to Colorado, I, it took me every ounce of my being not to throw up all over the airplane <laughs> and poop my pants at the same time. <laughs> It was it was maybe the most sick I've ever been in my life. You looked like uh, death warmed over for sure. Oh, oh uh, Patrick was saying in the comments it could be the Baccarat Candela, uh, and I think we did figure. Oh, I think that's it. what it that was. was it. Yep. yep. Wow. See, that's it wasn't what, even there. That's why we have Patrick. <laughs> that's why we have Patrick on the show. Yeah, that does seem to be right. Okay, so that is it uh, for cigar number one. I hope you guys enjoyed our little tour through Camp Camacho. It was a ton of fun. Next time we do one of these trips. As we always do, we open it up to everybody. You fill out the form. Now, this trip was a little different because it got that can- was in 2020. <laughs> it was in 2020, so it got canceled, and then it got canceled again in 2021. And so it. it- we should also shout out to Zane, yeah, who, who didn't make it. We we had to pour out a drink for him. Zane, our his, good buddy his flight, Zane. His flight initial flight out got delayed by like eight hours, and that just ruined the whole thing. They were like, "Nope, we can't Poor do guy. it." Yeah, you can't. You can't get a later flight because yeah, because they would have hours. to drive four hours there, four hours back just for one dude. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, and Zane would have been a great addition uh, um, on the trip. So we were bummed that he couldn't make it. Um, all right. So we're at the end of our half hour for this first blind cigar review. Let's go in reverse order. Right. Jordan, flavor and complexity on this cigar. What did you think? I liked it. Uh, medium body. Uh, had a, uh, I'd say majority of the profile was like a nuttiness, uh, some bready qualities in there, maybe a little bit of cedar. Um, wasn't the most wasn't the most complex, but I did like I did like the flavors that were there. Um, between the two, I'm gonna give it uh, maybe go 92 on flavor. Okay, Jordan goes 92. Um, I on mine, I'll go next. I'm picking up some floral notes on this guy. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely some floral notes. I do agree with Jordan uh, with the uh, cedar. There's just a lot of cedar. There's also a nice little sweet note on it, which I, I like a lot. Um, it's a very good cigar. I would definitely, I could see myself smoking this. Um, I wouldn't say it's one that just blew me away, like a couple that you've brought me in the past, but still like super solid. I'm going to go 89 uh, for my... It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 89 for my flavor and complexity. Uh, let's go to Scotty B. All right, so I am going to throw the first wrench in this. Oh. I would, if possible, like to go back and adjust my burn score. Okay. Because you can? now, given this wasn't the <laughs> largest cigar to begin with, this was probably more of a traditional Robusto size. Okay. I am pretty well, as you can see, I am pretty well finished with it. So for me, especially as slow a smoker I am, this is a pretty fast burn on this. Okay. Now, I will say the burn evened out, but I'd still, if possible, want to go down a couple of points on... So you want to go 88? Yep, 88 on my burn. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Flavor-wise, it was good, medium plus body, nice little red pepper lingering on the palate in between puffs, uh, earthy, a little bit of a raw cocoa... And red pepper flake, not a bad. So I'm going to go 89 on the overall. 89 on flavor complexity. Matt, uh, what do you think about your cigar? Um, I really like this cigar. It's it's actually a lot of pepper, like a lot of black pepper, but it's not overpowering. There's also like a sweet, uh, sweet red pepper and some cayenne. The flavor has been the same the whole way through, but it's a lot of it. It's probably medium plus. Um... I'm going to go 91. Okay, 91. And Emmett. Okay, pretty, it's a pretty typical kind of Connecticut flavor. Um, not a lot of spice or sweetness going on, but I got um, got some like bready notes that were nice. Um, not a whole lot else besides that. Maybe some, a uh, little bit of leather in there. I'm going to give it a 87. 87. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, does anybody need to revise any of their uh, scores before we call that a final on those? I think I'm good. Everybody good? All right. So here's the deal. I'm not going to say what we have, um, but my cigar came out an 88.25. Jordan gave his cigar a 90. Emmett's is Wait, a, you got to go way slower than that. Sorry. 88.5. 88.25. 88.25? 88.25. We're going that far into it? We're going that far into it. All right. Uh, Jordan, yours was a 90. Okay. Emmett uh, gave his a 91.75. Okay. Scott's came out an 88.5. Okay. And Matt, big baller Matt, is going 93. Uh, Hello. Uh, Matt, bad boy. Glad I was in the highest cigar. So there you go. Um, oh, you know what I didn't do? I need to have this twice. Um there we go. Copy paste. Yeah. There we go. All right. So uh, we will start our next cigar shortly. But before we do that, it's time to go to our commercial break. Jordan, are you ready? This show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands, such as Romeo and Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, and many more. Make sure to try one of their exclusive lines, such as the Drew Estate Nightshade or the limited edition Cigar Dojo 10th Anniversary Champagne by Perdomo. Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite 
cigars today. This is Smoke Night Live. This is episode 372. We are joined by Emmett Malone from Blind Man's Puff. We've got our studio audience sitting over there. We've got Scott from Trinity Cigar Lounge, the greatest mobile lounge uh, west of the Mississippi. And we've got, of course, our buddy Matt Hall and producer kid Jordan. Boys, welcome back to the show. It's time to start our second cigar. So first, take a good visual look at your cigar, and we will all rate them based on the visual appearance uh, this has a beautiful color on it, sort of a clayey uh, brown, almost like um, this looks like saddle leather, you know? Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I, li- I love that look, that, that kind of Habano look to it. Uh, looks to be very well made. Um, a little lumpy. Mine's just not lumpy? Not really. Um, I like the look of this cigar. This is the kind of cigar look that I dig, that color the, the, of the tobacco. Could be a looks like a double cap. Not sure if it's a double or triple. How's yours looking in it? Mine's looking good. Uh, a lot of veins in this one, but not necessarily a bad thing. Kind of a more rustic look to it. Looks to be a double cap, a uh, little uneven cap on the very top one, but very round. Uh, there's no no weird lumps or soft spots or anything. It's pretty pretty good looking cigar. All right, um, all right, boys. Let's uh, let's go ahead and give them a rating on their appearance. Um, I'll start. I like the appearance of this cigar. Like I said, not to repeat myself, I'm going to give this a uh, 93 uh, based on appearance. Um, Jordan, uh, seams are good. It's I, like I said, it's a it's a little lumpy, but uh, there's 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 a nick on it in the center here. Uh, but um, overall, it's it's better. I'd say better than the last one. I, I might go 88 on this guy. Okay. All right, uh, Matt. Um, it looks gray. It's got a cool little closed foot, but there's this really soft spot right, right mm. down here by the foot. So I'm gonna go 89 on this one. Okay, 89 on Matt. Scotty. Uh, the roll on this one is great. This is a really good roll. Just that it's everything that you look at when you're seeing a classic Toro. Just I love the look on this one. The color of the wrapper is just that suede leathery brown. Uh, it's yeah, looking great. I'm gonna go 93 on this. Okay, 93 on appearance. A high score from Scotty Emmett. I'm gonna give this a 90 appearance wise. All right, 90 yeah. appearance wise. All right, start that clock, Jordan, and we can cut and light. And this is the favorite part of your show where we all. Cut and light our cigars, and there's a bunch of weird dead time. We should pre-plan like some jokes during this time. Oh, yeah, now, Chad said we should stagger this part to get rid of the dead air. That might work. <laughs> yeah, Chad, you talk, Jordan. Good ideas and everything. How would you stagger the the light and cut? Yeah, like one guy's talking, the other guy's doing. The other guys have like individual timers. What like if we all were lighting and cutting and talking? Well, we that's kind of what we're doing right now. It is sort of what if we're we can doing. keep it going. Now, remember, we kind of have to stagger in a way because. Jordan uh, will toast his cigar for a solid four minutes. Five minutes, yeah. The proper way. (laughs) Cigars, am I right? Have you smoked one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we get to our water cooler topics, yeah, um, I want to wrap up the Camp Camacho thing a little bit because in one of those trips... You know, you're smoking the the Camacho Connecticut, 
you have the Ecuador, you have the Corojo, you have the Triple Maduro, um, you have the uh, Nicaragua that they had in there. Uh, what else did they have in there, Jordan? BXPs. They had a bunch of BXPs in there. Um, Matt, what cigar, If you when you remember that trip, what one did you sort of gravitate towards and kind of kind of became your your jam during the trip? It was definitely the Ecuador BXP. That, that was my favorite one. That and then the Connecticut BXP. But mostly I, I tried to get the Ecuador when I could. See, I thought now my regular Ecuador, that was maybe the only one I was disappointed in. And I love that cigar. I agree. Yeah, I think maybe the batch we had was just maybe not ready. They were mm. kind of a little harsh, but everything else was on point. Do you do you have a cigar that you're like... Yeah, my, surprisingly, my go-to was the BXP Connecticut. Like, I feel like on those trips, you always kind of hone in on one that you just gravitate towards. That was mine. All right. What about you, Jordan? Uh, definitely the Ecuador and then uh, the Trip Maduro. I oscillated between those two guys. Yeah, I think, you know, what was really tasting good on that trip was just the plain old Camacho Corojo. That that cigar for me, I thought, just was really hitting it. I yeah, am, that one was definitely the next one for me. But I smoked yeah. a gazillion Connecticut's. I mean... The BXP and the regular Connecticut. Um, it was such a blast. Uh, great trip. All right, Jordan, it's time to go to the water cooler. All right, so oh, oh, oh. Tonight's, tonight's water cooler topics, we only have two, Emmett. And we've got a lot of time left. We have the whole second half of the show, so we can spend plenty of time on either of these topics. Do it. Now, the first one that we are going to discuss tonight, they're both sort of uh, similar, um, but it was announced this past, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks, and there was this rumor had been going around for quite some time. It wasn't anything super surprising, but anytime it becomes official, sort of, you know, instantly is newsworthy and it does make you think uh the premium cigar association trade show uh not this year uh this year it's still in july but next year will be in vegas but in march <laughs> so emmett i want to start with you first um what do you think of that? What are the, some of the uh, just just before we get into the pros and cons? Just uh, in general, what did you think when you heard that announcement? Like it's a it's a bold move, and I like it. Uh, I think they're kind of making people choose between TPE and PCA, which is uh, an interesting conundrum to put you know manufacturers and retailers in. Uh, kind of choose your battle, and I think it's a smart move. And for us personally, like going in March is going to be such a better experience than going in July, just weather wise and I think timing wise it works better for most, you know, people like us. Uh I'm excited about it. I think it's I think it's a good move. I'm not so sure about moving the venues, which I think is is next. Uh that that could kind of backfire, but the timing wise I'm I'm a fan. Now, Scotty, you are a, a retailer yourself. Um your thoughts on the different time frame? Uh it's about time. Yeah. I really like this move. I like the fact that they're pushing back I, and especially for me now, I am I am a completely unique model compared to most brick and mortar stores. But my summer months are busy. I, it's when I'm rocking and rolling constantly. So it was like last year I couldn't join you guys at the trade show because I was booked that entire weekend with the Mobile Cigar Lounge. But 
you know, moving it back to March opens up that time frame where I feel like I could attend more. Yeah, the weather's going to be better. It's not going to be, you know, the depths of hell hot. And, you know, I think it's a good move overall. I like where they're doing it. And right now, I think they're in a place where it's kind of good that they're putting some pressure on TPE. They're kind of just, you know, they're pushing back because it's kind of this two trade show system that I really like that, you know, they moved it back and really kind of making their presence known again. What do you think about that, Jordan? Uh, what Scott's saying? Because there's, you know, part of me is like, yeah, that's smart for PCA to sort of maybe make people choose or whatever. But then there was another part of me that was like, maybe two trade shows a year is kind of fun. Gives us uh, two different things to talk about. What are you, what's your just initial thought of it, Jordan? Well, for us, it was fun, but I think for them, it's a smart move. I mean, like Scott was saying, that's the busy time. Uh, nobody wants to be in, in Vegas in July. It's extremely hot. Uh, also, you know, it makes more sense to be having the companies switch over to be releasing their new cigar, announcing their new cigars near the beginning of the year so that we can start getting them actually in the year they announce them. Uh, that makes sense. And then, yeah, it seemed like because of all those reasons the TPE had started to gain ground, why not take this opportunity, maybe the last chance you have, push up against them, make people choose. And I think PCA still has the clout to to win that battle. The, yeah, the whole new cigar thing could go either way, I feel like. like, Are they going to... Are cigars still going to come out at the same time, or is it going to force manufacturers to release them sooner? Like, I don't know how that kind of works. I feel like it could go either way. Like, Maybe I, maybe less things will be announced because it's sooner. I think it, it could take a year or two to, for everyone to adjust, but in, uh, after a couple of years, it'll, it'll just naturally change over. Yeah, those no- November releases of cigars just kill us. Do you do you uh, imagine that there's going to be a lot of companies, especially smaller ones, that no longer go to both? <laughs> for sure, hundred percent. But that's tough though, like for because if you're a small if you're a small retailer or manufacturer, TPE makes so much more sense for you because of the cost and uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like I feel like if you could, you would go to PCA over TPE, but financially it might not be feasible for for people to choose that in one. In my mindset, I could see a reality where TPE becomes more of that smaller company, boutique company trade show just for the fact of the financial That's interesting. availability of TPE over PCA and PCA becomes back to more of what we remember of that grandiose, you know, the big brands, the big companies, you know, really kind of going all out right. at that one. Now the only <clears throat> the only caveat to that is the the clientele at TPE is very um convenience store oriented. Yep. And so that doesn't really lend itself as well to boutique companies. Um so there's that. Um I can't imagine though that um that you'll have like a TPE I mean I'm sure this will I'm sure this is gonna happen. I just can't imagine it. You'll have a TPE release and also like a yeah, exclusive tough. PCA release yeah. as well. Yeah, and you got to wonder if there's going to be a, a TPE counter move. Probably not because like premium cigars is not there's, TPE's yeah. main focus. It's you know the vape products, and so you, you wouldn't think that they would move their show as a counter move just right. because of everything else they have going on. Yeah, it's mainly like CBD and yeah. vape and yeah. and and whatnot. Um, Jordan, how do you see this shaking out? And if you could prognosticate in five years or so, how do you see this? How do you see this going? It seems at this point like the PCA is going to take back over, uh, and then you'll have like the medium to bigger brands at 
Uh, sorry, I said that backwards. Uh, PCA is going to take over. Then you have the medium to bigger brands, to, you know, staying at, and sh- releasing their cigars to the more of the convenience store types at the TPE. They'll still, there's no reason not to sell some more cigars, but it seems like where the new stuff will be happening will be PCA. Now, then you get into um, the second aspect of this, not the second topic, but the se- second aspect of this first topic is there's also talk of now this first one is going to be moved to the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. Right. Which, Honestly, for me, I don't care at all. It's fine. I could care less. Like once you walk in to the trade show, yeah, it makes zero difference. The all. only downside to that is that the Westgate sucks. Yeah, but you can stay wherever you want. I you mean, can, but the Westgate is just right there. Like I would never ever stay at the Westgate. <laughs> I, I usually get an uh, Airbnb or whatever. But for yeah. those of us that that schlep to the to <laughs> yeah. the hotel, because you're a Treasure Island guy, you yeah, get, you can walk Island, across the street. Yeah, that's where we stay for PCA. Um, and it was actually way cheaper this year. I don't know why, but hmm. look for what that's worth. But then after that, Emmett, this is where it really starts to get interesting, is it's likely not even going to be in Vegas anymore. This uh, is the part that scares me. So how do you feel about that? And what are your thoughts on it going to other cities? <sighs> I, it scares me because New Orleans was such a cluster, you know what? It was just awful. The The weather was terrible. I mean, I guess if it had been in March, it wouldn't have been so bad. But there was just... I feel like Vegas is meant for this kind of thing. Like in New Orleans, there was just no cigar-friendly establishments. There was no, there was mm. no real organization around what to do after the show. Well, in Vegas, you can just you know go anywhere and smoke a cigar and hang out with industry people. But there just isn't that opportunity. I don't know what other cities would be comparable. Maybe like Miami would be a good choice because there's a million cigar shops to hang out there. And so I've heard Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Nashville would be cool only because I. Never been. I really want to go, but I don't now, know. I don't as know a how retailer, I I actually there's I see both sides where I can see it as a concern because I do like you know doing the shows in Vegas. There's a lot, there's a lot available. There's a lot to do if you really want to do right. it while you're there. But as a retailer, I like the fact that they're looking at moving it to different parts of the U.S. because for certain retailers, it won't be as big of a trip. Right. It'll be an easier trip to maybe you don't go when it's in the Western United States because you're on the East Coast. And maybe if they do it in Nashville, that's a lot more financially reasonable trip for you to go and take, you know, two or three or four people with you to go to PCA. So I can see where as a like the retailer side where that would be a plus. Yeah. What do you think, Jordan? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like Florida would be perfect. They got... Everything's already right there. The cigars aren't going to suck. The manufacturers have all their cigars kept the right way, you know. Uh, there's a ton of shops and everything right right, right there. That's the mecca. Let's do it there. Yeah, you know, a few years ago, I harped, just keep it in Vegas. It's like uh, Emmett said, it's the city that's built for this kind of thing. But now I'm. it's been there so many years, I am a bit. Have you forgotten about New Orleans, though? How well, bad, hey, I don't want it to be in New Orleans. I do not. I'm isn't not. That, isn't that the rumor for 2025? Yeah, yeah. That's, that I'm, was the most epic uh, show ever for us. It was a blast, but it is a terrible place to yeah, have. It's, it's a terrible place to have a convention. Now, one of the most important things right now, I think, is, Matt, I need some more bourbon. That's the most important thing right now. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how that goes. Um, I'm sort of looking forward to this March change just to see how it goes. I'm always rooting for the PCA. I feel like Emmett. Um, I feel like the maybe the momentum has shifted a bit. It does feel like a bit of a shift. You're right. I feel like uh, PCA is making chess moves 
hopefully in the right direction. And uh, we'll see what TP does, if anything. Yeah, like, I mean, TP is fun, but it's almost fun, like, because it's a vac- almost like a vacation in a sense. Um, there, not a lot really happens at TP. But I feel like this year, TPE had a lot of new cigar releases. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this was the year they, they kind of started to get momentum and recognition from, like, the, the bigger manufacturers. And I don't know if this if that piddles out because of this or if that keeps up. I don't know. Right. And it's certainly not going to affect, like you said, TPE too much because they have so much more at their show that is besides premium cigars. It um, is great to see that we're actually talking in a really positive yeah, light about PCA. Again, for sure. Because for the last, I mean, I would dare say two years, all we've been is like, wow, PCA, come on now. Right. Come on now. You Maybe know, back even to 2019. You know, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was dwindling and people's attention span for it were almost starting to dwindle as well. To yeah, where, it seemed like the appetite had. Yeah, where it's faded. And now it's like, okay. Okay, there's there's life there. I can see it moving in the right direction, which is a good thing. It's what we've all been asking and for and wanting. So it's a it's a good move. I think overall, I think just even moving anything and doing anything is a positive aspect for the PCA. Yeah, sort of just a, 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 a it's almost like a, a a symbol or a signal to all of us that hey, we're we're gonna fight and claw. We're doing stuff. We're doing stuff, and we're gonna make it work. All right, so we're just about to the end of this fifteen minute segment so i can start with um might as well start with you jordan since there's only uh, 19 seconds to go uh first of all jordan how is the draw on your uh second cigar and how would you rate it from one to a hundred what did i what did i give the last one and draw yeah uh the last one you gave a 90 okay uh this one's a bit firmer than that one um not too firm, but almost. Like it's a little like getting into the double puff kind of a range. Um, I'll give this one uh, eighty-six. Eighty-six on draw. Uh, mine also is a tad tight. Not not um, annoyingly or whatever, but I I would echo everything that Jordan just said, and I will go um, eighty-seven. I actually put his there. Eighty-seven for me on draw. Matt, what do you think on the draw of yours? So this is the draw is it's not terrible, but it's it's a little tight. Okay. Um, it, it when I when I take a puff, it feels like I need to do some kind of work. So I'm gonna go uh, 88. 88 from Matt Scotty. What's the draw on yours? Uh draw is great on this one. It is right where I want it. Just that little bit of resistance, so you're not loose drawing where you're having to slowly draw to make sure you're not over puffing on it. I am going to go a 92. 92. Ooh. Scotty's got a, a banger going over there. Uh, Emmett, what's the draw on yours? A little firmer on this one, which isn't necessarily bad, but the smoke production isn't quite as high as the previous. So I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to go I'm going to go 92 also on the draw. 92 for the draw. All right, Jordan, what about your burn? Uh, from 1 to 100, how's the burn on that? The burn is a bit wonky. Um I've had to do, you know, a touch up on it and I might have to do another one in a second here. So not great, but, uh, well, again, when I give the last one, <laughs> I need to, I need a reference. The, the point last here. one you gave a 96. Oh, that one was great. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, this one is, uh, 86. Oh, a 10 point swing on Ooh. that boy. All right, Maddie. Yeah. My burn is, it's pretty, pretty good. It's, 
It's almost the same as the last one. I, I think I gave it a 94. I'm going to do a 94 on this one as well. 94. Oh, I forgot myself. Um, the burn on mine is um, it's okay. Wonky. I haven't had to touch it up like Jordan has had to. I'd go 89 on my uh, burn. Um, and then that leaves Emmett to the burn on yours. Haven't had to touch it, but it's a little uneven. So I'm going to go 91. 91. Ooh, Emmett's got a banger going over there. He's got a good cool. score. Before going. you jump me and skip out. Oh, did I? Yes. You oh, got so, oh I did. That's all right. We got Sorry. you. We got Sorry. you. Uh, this is where things swing for me. Uh -oh. Unfortunately... Uh, there is a wave to the burn. It's not bad, but where <laughs> we got the, a good ash going on. Yeah, I was going to say it looks where, solid from here. Yeah, where the the problem is is she death popped on me about an uh -oh. inch in. I could hear uh -oh. it oh, crack. The wrapper is lifting, so I am going to go eighty-two oh. on the burn. Oh, that was that kills the banger score for sure. Ouch. All right, Jordan, start that clock. Uh, this is the final segment of the Blind Cigar Reviews with Emmett Malone from Blind Man's Puff. Emmett We've got 15 more minutes, and boys, now in this segment, you're going to want to focus in on the flavors and the complexities of these cigars. We're still in the water cooler topic, and this is another biggie, Emmett, another biggie with huge implications. It was announced just this week that the one of the big four a few yeah. years back. How, when what, what year was that, Jordan? What are you What are you asking me? Uh, when the big four when the big out? four left the twenty twenty either twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Okay, so had to be one. If you guys aren't familiar, uh, the PCA no, it's twenty twenty PCA trade show, the biggest trade show for cigars. Um, in one year, they lost Davidoff, they lost Drew Estate, they lost STG, which is essentially General. And they lost Altidus. Those are the biggest four uh, massive companies yeah. all left at the same time. That was time. a big chunk. And now remember, we all talked. There was a there was sort of like this ongoing discussion. Who do you think would be the first to come back? And I remember both Jordan and I thought Altidus. And I, I remember thinking Altidus because they had sort of hinted that they might. <clears throat> so we kind of thought maybe it would be Altidus. Didn't see um, Davidoff and didn't see uh, General, even though General did have some presence at TPE and stuff like that. But Emmett, what did you think of this announcement this week? The STG is coming back now. It's not full STG. It's yeah. forged. Interesting. It's sort of like the half. And they bought Alec Bradley, and they'll be essentially turning the Alec Bradley booth into the forged booth. Yeah, um, it almost feels like they're just kind of dipping their toes mm, back in the water. It's a little bit more than a toe dip, though. Well, yeah, but it's not their full portfolio. They're sure. not fully back, but they're like, all right, I'll give you... It's like a couple that breaks up. They're like, all right, we'll give this another another test run, see if we can if we can reconcile. Right. So I think it's kind of a trial. But it makes sense. Like when the, when the Alec Bradley uh, acquisition happened, I wondered what was going to happen with that booth. So it's not super surprising just because I figured Alec Bradley would still be there anyways, but... It's kind of cool. Like uh, it's it's a good good first step, I would say. It's another thing that makes you kind of feel like things are turning around yeah. a bit. Uh, Jordan, uh, one of the interesting things about this move is it does all of a sudden start to give you some vision as to why it maybe was a, a neat move that they created Forged in the first place, right? To allow these brands a little more flexibility. Yeah, see how it goes with these guys. They're testing their the waters and they're doing things now. It doesn't seem so much as like. This cohesive like STGs just doing things all the same way. They're actually letting Forge do their thing and General do their thing. But yeah, like I mean, even last year, Room One Hundred One was there, 
and they had general or forge product there. So yeah. that kind of not it's not too surprising. And now now with Room One One and Alec Bradley, those are two of the favorites that you like to visit at the booths when you go to the show. So like, how do you not have them there? Kind of makes sense. Uh, Matt, I'm, I apologize for not asking you some of these questions. Uh, no, I was kind of happy to sit. In there yeah, I figured you might be. Um, but uh, uh, any, any, you have any thoughts on uh, seeing some of these guys get back uh, to the show that, that have been missing for a few years? Uh, it it kind of gets me excited. Like the idea that the PCA is bringing back these guys. That, it's gonna Getting be the band back show. together. Yeah. Right. That's exactly it. Scotty, what, do you, what about you? What did you think of that when you heard the news? You know, I like it. I like the fact that they're, you know, they're kind of, I'd say more putting a foot back in than dipping a toe with, you know, the forged line. But I do like the analogy. Uh, one thing I will say is that when I first saw it, the media had me confused mm. because all I saw Coop's, was Coop's <laughs> STG, STG returns to the PCA. Yeah. That's, you know, what I saw. And I'm like, then you read the article and it's like, well, yeah, but no. I mean, because they are. Yeah. They're, they're coming back. But we back, didn't, we didn't say General was back. Right. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but, uh, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people assume, though, because since STG is the parent company behind that, we think that's like, oh, well, then they're right. all back. And then you're like, okay, well, no. Well, how would you have worded it? Because I if guess you say, STG if you say returns, returns in a sector of returns with forged. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something that clarifies a little more where I, I wasn't saying it's a negative, just... <laughs> but it was like, I was thinking it was like, holy crap. They're... Yeah. Way to go, Scott. Just kidding. It was Scott's hot take that broke it. Yeah. No, it's no, saying we're live. Are we live? Can anybody hear us? Are, Are we, we live? live? Hello. We had a, a little technical glitch right there. That was my bad. I talked too much. I should stop. I'm sorry. It's Scott's fault for it's sure. My fault. I should never insult Cigar Media. It just crashed at all. It's probably Coop and his hackers. All right, I think we're back. I think we're we're going right. People yeah, can, there we go. People are yeah. saying stuff. All right, we're cool. Good. So, uh, Jordan, just real quick, can you remind us now the forged brands? What? Well, you got to talk to somebody else because I got to get the show oh, going. Oh, Jordan's got this show going. Emma, I, think you, the, I think the timer reset too. You might want to check. All that. right. Well, we'll just pretend there's like uh, six minutes okay. to go. Here we go. What was your question? The Forged brands. Yeah. Do you know any of those? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. That's not fair. Um, yeah, Forged is uh, what? It's Now it's Alec Bradley, Diesel, Room 101, Gloria Cubana, I think? Partagas. Oh, I can just tell you. It's Partagas, Gloria Cubana, Diesel, Bolivar, yeah. El Rey do Mundo, and Chillin' Moose, and Alec, Alec Bradley in Room 101. Now somebody asked, "Are we still talking about cigars?" Yes, we're talking about cigars. For crying out loud, this is uh, this is your livelihood, Emmett. Uh, the million dollar question, uh, Jordan, set a five minute timer. Can you do that? Yeah, five minute time, Emmett. The million dollar question is, uh, it's a two parter. Okay. Yep. Does this open the floodgates for the others returning? The other three of the big four returning, and if so. Who could you imagine sort of following it next in line? I don't know if it happens this year or not, because this was kind of a situation of convenience, I feel like, uh, with the Alec Bradley booth. But I feel like the next one in line, and were it to happen, would probably be Altidus. It seems like their beef wasn't as as uh, significant. And I, I also thought it was interesting that in the press release, um, STG said that a big part of their decision was because of the move to move it to March. Right. So that was like one of their grievances that was dealt with. So that's kind of a interesting 
Interesting take. Yeah, yeah, if you look back at the original press release when they all backed out, they did list that as a reason that they didn't yeah. want to be there. And I didn't, I didn't remember that, but you, you're right. They said that then. Yeah. yeah. I think that's coming from their retailer perspective, you know, because all those guys are retailers except for Drew State, uh, and that's the that's the busy time of the year and so they're maybe taking it as like a slap of the face that they wouldn't listen to the to them from that perspective jordan who can you imagine being the next one uh to fall in line and maybe come back yeah i'd, I'd guess altidus as well you know drew estate has put their their foot in down and and they've said in the past this is it we're not never coming back well their big complaint was that they weren't supported with flavored right, right? that was their big so I, maybe if there's some future concession on Maybe some effort is made by PCA on flavored, uh, some kind of emphasis put on that. Maybe that uh, brings them to the table. What about Davidoff? Davidoff, I'm I'm not sure why they wouldn't come back. I feel like they I feel like they're they got to be next after Altidus. I would think. Yeah, I mean they have a a small presence at TPE. Um, so yeah, I guess you could see uh you know maybe that happened. I it seems like the last one of all of them Scotty would possibly be Drew Estate. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I had to put money down it'd be Drew Estate is going to be the long holdout on that deal. And you know speaking as a retailer, I think and just as a cigar enthusiast and aficionado as well, having them all back and having them all in the show is a good thing for everybody. I think it's gonna. It would help oh, yeah. everybody, and I think that's where hopefully it will end up. But I could honestly see Drew Estate just, you know, staying firm in their position, saying, you know what, you burnt us on this, and you know we no longer want to associate with you. Emmett, if you were to look in the looking glass yeah. ten years from now, how would you envision the premium? cigar industry as far as you know these trade shows go what how's this all going to shake out man 10 years is a long time time heals all wounds so i feel like i feel like 10 years from now i think everything would be forgiven i would hope mm -hmm. and that everyone would be back in assuming pca continues the momentum that we're seeing now uh but who knows i mean it's a long time it could go it could go either way really but i would think 10 years is long enough that any grievances would be put aside what do you think emmett what was the main cause of the change and sort of trying to turn things around? Because it seemed like for a few years there, it, it, PCA was just stubborn. They weren't listening to anybody. It didn't matter. We're the big guy in the block. We're going to do what we want. Something changed in the last four years. They got some new um, some board members. They yeah. got some new uh, administrators. What do you what do you or, or was it just the 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 writing on the wall was it the the basically the cons their customer, which is not the consumer but the retailers, pressuring them. What do you think made them sort of like, hey, you know what, we better start doing some things? If I had to guess, I wouldn't say it was any one thing. I would say it's kind of a compilation of everything we've been talking about. So the the big four dropping out was definitely a wake up call, and that, it's a hit to their bottom line. And that's got to be the most important thing to them is, hey, we're losing money on this. We got to get some of these guys back. So I think that was a huge part of it. I think uh, TPE gaining momentum has been part of it. Mm, right. I think TPE releasing, uh, getting a lot of new releases for cigars this year probably had something to do with it. Uh, I think it's I think it's a lot of little things that that probably came together. I think I don't think it was anything one that you could put your finger on. Right. What do you think, Jordan, about that question? Yeah, I, I agree. There's a bunch of things. There's a couple of 
ghost town like trade shows that they had probably humbled them a bit. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, mo- a lot of it has to do with TPE. Game what what was say. what was the one? Was, what was the year? Well, the, the worst that one was twenty twenty one. Yeah, which you know COVID, but but TPE had to deal with that too, and theirs wasn't like that. Um, I think a, a few things in a row kind of humbled them, and then once it looked like they were actually trying to make changes we're we're forgiving you know like as long as it doesn't look like you're just gonna do whatever you want because you're this giant organization like we are the people that the organization is not weird but you know the retailers are the guys like this is for us like this should be we should be have some say in this thing it starts to seem like once they are listening to a bit you know Seems like uh, some momentum's back behind him. Yeah, Scotty, I remember um, you know Glenn Loop coming into the fold, Josh Herbisky, um, Mary from Smoker Friendly, uh, Jay Davis from Texas. There, you know, it, it seemed like all of a sudden a whole bunch of changes happened, and they started listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, all all of you guys have nailed this. I mean, with every part, with you know, just all the little changes, the fresh blood, the new faces, you know, fresh ideas. That helped. Jordan nailed it, and I was going to say that as well with the humbling. The big four pulling out, and, I mean, they tried to hold their ground, it seemed like, on that, where they're like, well, Scott, do you think, not to interrupt you, no, but... No, no, you're good, you're good. Do you think the big four pulling out ultimately was positive then? I think it was. I think it was a really good wake-up call that, you know, because for the longest time, PCA was not just the big kid on the block. They were the only kid on the, the block. De facto. That was their show they were the show not one of many shows and they've kind of learned that and then when things didn't fall quite in their favor after the big four pulled out for after that first year then i think it forced them to step back and be like okay we need to rethink this because people are not just like certain brands people are you know have negative aspects to say and they want us to change and they want us to do better so i think all total when you put it all together it made you know, PCA takes some what I think and I view as very positive changes, and I'm glad that they're doing it. All right, boys, our time is up. <clears throat> I just yeah. wanted to add, like, yeah, sorry, man. it's not even just TPE. I, I think this in general, cigar shows across the nation have grown so much that they. They're, you mean like a, like a vendors type shows? Yeah, and whatnot. like they're they're looking at that too, and they're thinking, okay, we got to do something to to compete with these guys. Right, no. Too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, so here we go. We are ready to rate the, the final flavor and complexity of our second blind cigar. Uh, I'll go first. Um, this is really good. I like the flavor of this. It's got baking spice. There's some sweetness to it. It's got a little caramely kind of note to it. Um, I wish the draw was just a little better. We've already gone over draw. and um, But all in all, I would give this cigar a solid 90. I'm going to give it a solid 90 for flavor. flavor. Yeah, for flavor, uh, which obviously goes into my overall rating. Jordan, what did you think of the flavor of this cigar? Uh, this one was a bit more – the last one was like flavor-heavy uh, over complexity. This one's got more complexity to it. Uh, started out nice and bright, like uh, some citrus or maybe like citrus rind kind of flavor. Um, developed into like baking spice primarily. That's still going on, although now in the midsection it's kind of darkening back up a bit. Um there's a, there's a touch of floral underneath, and like I, I like the caramel note that you said. There is this underlying sweetness. Uh, good, 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 good flavor. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go ninety. I'll go ninety two on it. Ninety two, Matt. How'd you like the flavor on of your cigar? Yeah, it's 
interesting. It's like one of those cigars where you don't think it's complex, and then you smoke it a little longer, and it's kind of okay. complex, and then it's really complex. It's got a lot of flavor, a lot of floral, a lot of white pepper, spice, cabinet spices. Um, I'm going to go 93 on this one. 93. All right, Scotty, what would you think? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, lots of flavor on this one. There's also a little bit of a saltiness on the tongue off the head of the cigar, which I really enjoy. Um, there's this musty, uh, almost like I, we always say, like your grandparents' closet, a little mm-hmm. bit of like a cologne perfume floral note to it, a little bit of sweetness. The pepper's there, but not heavy. It's very light in the background. I am going to go 91 on this. 91. All right. Nice. Emmett, you are last. Yeah. This cigar really shined in the flavor department. Uh, really, really good. Really balanced is the word I would use if I had to choose one. Uh, it's got a good sweetness to it. It's got some good spices. It's got like a red pepper spice. It's got a good like black pepper spice. Uh, a little bit of like charred oak in there too. Really, really good flavor. I'm going to go like 93 on flavor. 93 on flavor. Nice. All right. So that means, Jordan, uh, if you want to go to your leaderboard... Um, mine, uh, gets a total rate and we'll do the reveal on both of these in a minute. Uh, my, uh, final rating on my second blind cigar is 89.75. Okay. Jordan, yours was an 88. All right. Emmett gave his second a 91.5, which is almost identical <laughs> to his first one, which almost is 91. Point the highest on this five. one too. Um, Scotty uh, ended up also very similar to his first one with an 89.5. Cool. And Matt, once again, has a high, not the highest, but a high of 91. So Matt really enjoyed both of his. So now, boys, it's time for the reveal. Let's do it. So, uh, Jordan, um, let's start with me um, and you. Emmett will reveal... Uh, me and Jordan's uh, number one cigar is the same cigar. Yes. Uh, I gave it an 88.25. Jordan gave it a 90. What was the cigar we were smoking? So the first one you were smoking was the Romeo y Julieta Envy Amulet. Mm. Uh, Envy what? Envy Amulet. Fairly recent uh, release. It's a 6x55. Uh, it's kind of a follow-up to the Romeo y Julieta Eternal. Rolled at Placencia to Nicaraguan mm. Puro. Uh, MSRP is pretty high, 17.5. Oof. Boxes of 11, limited production. I don't know if I'm spelling that right. Who cares? That's right. Production's uh, 9,000 boxes, blended by uh, Rafael Nadal. Wow, you got a lot more info on these than I do. Um, <laughs> so uh, there you go, folks. Uh, blind, that's pretty good, I'd say. Um, pretty good rating on that. Um all right, the number one cigar for Matt. Matt, you were smoking and you rated this a 93. And I know this guy's going to be happy as a lark. Um, the Warwich Dark. Nice. Ah, the Warwich nice. Dark. Yeah, that's a great cigar. Matt gave the Warwich Dark a 93. Eric Bay is jumping out of his seat right now. And he's right a now. great guy. And he's a great guy, so that's nice. So, well done. Great name, too. All right, Scotty, the cigar that you smoked first, which you ranked an 88.5, is none other than the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Sobra Mesa Short Churchill. Okay. Sick. It's my favorite. It's a great cigar. 
little lower than I maybe would have imagined um, on that one. All right, Emmett, the cigar that you smoked first. Could you have a guess? I don't. I don't have a guess. You have a guess? All right. You gave it a 91.75. It was none other than Guy Fieri's Knuckle Sandwich oh, Knuckle Kinetic. Knuckle Sandwich Connie. Yes. I've got knuckle. some uh, on, the, on the way, but I haven't tried it yet. Well, now you have. Now I know I like it. And now you know you like awesome. it. Awesome. You, you had some criticism of it, but you, bit. overall you yeah. really liked it. A solid score. Yeah. It's hard to follow up the, uh, the Maduro, though. That, that cigar is phenomenal. I'd say it's hard to follow up the Habano. I think well, that was the better uh, of it. You're just wrong. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> All right, the uh, second cigar that Jordan and I smoked, I gave it an 89.75, and Jordan gave it an 88. What were we smoking? That is rough, boys. It's right here. I, was, I had high hopes for this one. This is an eight-year-old Fuente. Oh, my God. Opus X. Really? Whoa. Fuente, Fuente. It doesn't taste like that at all. That's what it is. It's an oldie. It's a really well-aged Fuente Opus X. Wow, I'm yeah. surprised it yeah. does not at all taste. Maybe it's a little aged out. I mean, like I th- an Opus. X. Oh, no, yeah, it's that really might good. Show that the age yeah. actually plays a bigger part the, on that. When those were like fades. five years old, they were just lights out. Uh, I haven't smoked one recently, so wow. I'll have to well, try every one. Every cigar but, has a turn. Well, so the flavor was still, turn. you know, it was good flavor. Just the. The burn and the and the, the construction and stuff was the. Hey, sorry, we're just back from Honduras. Give us a break. But, That's um, weird. All right, Matt, are you ready to find out what your second cigar was? I am. I'm all excited. Right. Matt, you uh, gave the second cigar an overall rating of ninety-one. I like how mine both ended on an even number, no crazy decimal. That's true. You didn't decimal Good job. it. Good job. Yeah. Matt, you smoked the Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, it's a great cigar. Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder That's gave solid. it a. 91. Scotty, your second cigar uh, actually rated it higher uh, just slightly than the yep. other one. Gave it an 89.5. Was the Syndicato. Just the base Syndicato. Just the base Syndicato. Nice. Yeah. Solid smoke. Other than the construction problems, it was a solid smoke. Enjoyable flavors. Yeah, it looks like now it's... Yeah. Kind I had of, to give it a good touch-up, though. Uh-huh. It hit the crack, and yep, I had to give it a good touch-up, but... All right, Emmett, the second cigar you smoked, do you have a guess? Mm. No, I don't have a guess. All it was right. really good, though. You were smoking the Aladino Corojo Ooh. Reserva. Oh, nice. I, love, I love that cigar. Yeah. There, folks, Jordan, if you want to, uh, if you can, when you get done with that, you can see that. Uh, there you go. There's the final scoreboard if you're keeping track at home. And that just goes to show you that. Uh, I think we all have pretty good palates. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'd say I think the biggest surprise to me that this was an Opus X. Not that it's yeah. bad. Yeah. It's really good. I actually really like this cigar. Maybe too old. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe just a tad too old. So uh, who knows? Anyways, um, that's it for Blind Cigars. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that segment of the show. This week on Flavor Odyssey, uh, Robbie and Randy will be back. Yes, Robbie <laughs> will, in fact, make an appearance, Jordan. On Flavor Odyssey. Can you believe that? I cannot believe it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and, we'll see. We'll see. By the way, uh, on that show, we will be trying to find the best drink pairing for uh, the Knuckle Sandwich Habano, which nice. is in our uh, smoke-in sampler for Cigar of the Year. So if you can uh, grab that cigar and try to find a good pairing for that, uh, that'll be tons of fun. We'll do that Wednesday night. Uh uh, the show for next Friday night, Smoke Night Live, is still in the works. We're working on that bad boy. I'll let you guys know as soon as that comes to be. As far as tonight goes, Emmett, 
We're going to be hanging out on Dojiverse all night long. Let's do it. Checking into our favorite cigars, drinking some bourbon, do some hashtag now playing, doing all that kind of stuff. So thank you guys for joining us. It's been a fun night tonight. Uh, glad to be back. Had a great time in Honduras, but uh, I'd much rather be with you guys doing this every Friday night. Love this. Until next time, remember, never, never smoke alone. We'll see you next time. Look, kid, we're trying to work with you here. Tell us what we want to know, and maybe we can cut a deal. I'm not saying anything until my lawyer gets here. Bad idea. Look at this scumbag. I didn't spend 20 years on the streets to have some punk back talk me, all right? Now tell us what we want to know. What do you want to know? We're going to ask you one more time. And if you don't tell us what we want to know, you're going to spend the next 15 years in a slammer bartering for fruit cups. How did you get these cigars so quick and easy? Huh? Is it the Russians? A street gang? Tell us who it is. Hey, Chief. What is it, Jenkins? I think he got them from JR Cigar. They have the best prices on the biggest brands and some really great shipping options. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right, then. Uh, I guess you're free to go. You want to go hang out somewhere? Maybe watch a game or something? Yeah, sure. The Cowboys are on. You son of a... <laughs>